When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I had to go about it, write it out, and find it myself. And there's some stories I can tell you. I had to fail, had to fall, just for what I did well. And there's some stories I can tell you. It's the final word daily. Adam Collins and Jeff Lemon for Westfield London, Westfield Stratford City. When, well, goodness me. It's an early finish. Jeff's at the work, rest and play at Mighty Mumbai. Tell us about why it's an early finish in 30 seconds. A hot day at the Wankaday. What do you do when you win the toss? You think, what would Tom Latham do? And you elect to bowl first in the heat. That's what Sri Lanka did. India made 357. No one quite made 100. Three of them nearly did. Coley spent the rest of the afternoon spitting chips in the dressing room because he didn't quite get there to match Sachin. But it didn't matter because when Sri Lanka came out to bat after Matashanka took five for 80 and did his best, uh, well, the India Quicks just tore through them, ripped them up, all out for 55. They were done within the first five overs of the game. It was an absolute hiding. Muhammad Shami took five for nothing. Bumrah, Siraj, the lot. It's all over. They were done within the first 19 balls of their reply, Jeff. They were already four down by that. It was a staggering collapse early on. All out 55, all told 19.4 overs to go with their all out 50 against India in the Asia Cup final. So 20 for 105 in less than 38 overs, I think it works out to be, across their last one, last two one-day internationals. And uh, let's just start with the carnage and then go back to the first innings later, I reckon, Jeff. So Shami, yep. five for 18. Uh, Siraj three for first 16. Change. Took first change, by first the way. First change, yes, that's right. And, and Boomer took a wicket with his first ball, one for eight, did absolutely nothing wrong. And then as, chipping as in at the Siraj. end of Asia, getting the final wicket. Uh, yeah, well, yes, I mean, uh, Siraj, I mean, he, he gets a wicket with his first ball and his seventh ball, first ball of his third over, and a wicket between times. So it ducks everywhere, complete mess. There were some good deliveries. I mean, the ball to get... Uh, Kushal Mendes is an absolute screamer from Siraj, but when you're under the pump, that's the kind of thing that happens because uh, Samara Wickmara plays a dreadful shot to get himself out for nothing as well. It puts players like who are coming down the list, like uh, Angelo Matthews under so much pressure. A month that gets out, first of all, on a couple of occasions, India on hat-tricks. I mean, Jeff, try and give us a sense from being in the ground there of what it felt yep. like when India were on a roll like that. Just yeah. put us in the room for a couple of minutes. Ah, uh, okay. So five ducks in the Sri Lankan batting order, by the way. It it felt like there was so much energy and, and it built up through the Indian batting innings because, you know, they've got... I mean, Rohit Sharma gets out second ball, by the way. So there's that as well. But, but then, you know, you've got Kohli going towards 100, Gill going towards 100. They don't quite get there. Shreyas Iyer makes 82 as well. Um, but it was building up through the back end of that innings. Jadeja smacking the ball around late in the piece. Um, late wickets fall, but they score late runs. There's that feeling of surge. And then there's that feeling that Sri Lanka are tired. They're cooked. They've been out there in the heat. They're not happy. They don't want it to be happening. And then Patam Nasanka, sitting duck. Bumra just spearing it in in the way that he does. I mean, this is a delicious bit of bowling from Jasper Bumra as mm. well. Just does that little bit. Just does enough off the seam. That it angles in and then kicks away a touch. Bang. Hits him in front. He reviews it. He's out LBW as an umpire's call at one point. Uh, and then first ball of the next over, Siraj, you know, same deal, 
wicket mm. first ball, Karuna Ratna this time, who's been recalled to the side, made 15 and naught. And that's yeah, Dimuth Karuna Ratna, the opening bat. And, and at that point, it was like, there is no way Sri Lanka are getting out of this. There's no way they're escaping from this. They're two for two. The two runs had come from two wides that Boomer had bowled. There hadn't been a run off the bat. And it just felt like there was no doubt that they were going to get swarmed from that point. They were tired. They were unhappy. They didn't really want to be there. Um, and, uh, you know, Kusal Mendes is out there after keeping wicket. For, for, for 50 overs. I mean, I was going to bring this up in the Hall of Fame, but the poor bastard. The guy mm-hmm. has been brought in as captain because uh, Dustin Shunnick is out injured and has to go home. Doesn't, doesn't strike you as someone who really wants to captain, doesn't really crave that sort of position, but he's doing the job as a senior player. Um, wins the toss, makes the terrible decision at the toss, keeps wicket for 50 overs in the heat, and captains making all the bowling decisions and changes, all the rest of it. Gets his 30 minutes, thinks, okay, maybe I'll get a little break here. No, second ball, out you go to the middle and face the music. And then he cops one of the best deliveries you can ever get that's swinging yep. in, seams away, top of off stump, Dale Stain to Tendulka kind of stuff. But it, there's very little you can do with that delivery, even if you're fresh and ready to go. But he was, he was baked before he even got to the middle, you know, 420 style. He was gone. And, and it, they just swarmed from that point on. The fact they didn't need to call on Shami until nine overs had been bowled. And then at one point, he's got four for one. Four, for four wickets, one run at one stage in his analysis. Like, we were genuinely looking at the lowest one-day international totals ever, ever scored because they were 22 for eight at one point, I think it was. Nowhere near it. You know, 34 is the lowest ODI total, and they were a good chance, Sri Lanka, of being bowled out for less than that. Yeah, I was looking at the Canada all-out 36 scorecard from the 2003 World Cup, which is the lowest score yep. there, and uh, they looked like they were going to go World beyond Cup that. Score, that one, yeah. yeah, lowest World Cup score. Then I thought maybe 50, the score from the Asia Cup, but they get beyond that just, and all-out for 55. So the victory margin is 302. Another little uh, uh, one they missed out on was uh, the 309 that Australia beat the Dutch by the biggest World Cup yeah. victory margin. Just want to drill down a little bit on, on Mohamed Shami, who comes on first change and uh, immediately gets Asalanka, who I think we're going to come back to in the Hall of Fame for a, a number of reasons. Gets Matthews with an absolute beauty uh, as well that goes through the gate, hits the same oh, yeah. later on between times. Gets a month with one that, that moves away, just glorious in the channel stuff. Shami mm-hmm. has played 14 World Cup games. He's taken 45 wickets across three tournaments at 12.9 at an economy rate of 4.9. It's now more wickets than anyone's ever taken for India in World Cups. And if they go on to win this tournament, look, there, they look every chance of doing so at this juncture. Shami will be taking the new ball, I reckon, in the greatest World Cup side ever assembled. Because if you can do that across three consecutive tournaments... And if you go on to actually win one, that's the one thing that's missing at the moment. Of course, India were beaten semi-finalists both in 2015 and 2019. But if he ends up with a World Cup winner's medal with those kind of numbers, uh, he goes down as an all-time great of World Cup cricket. He probably already is. He, On one measure, he already is, because if you apply any sensible qualification, he, uh, he already had this mark, the best World Cup strike rate of any bowler and I put my qualification margin at 15 wickets, so 15 or more. Um, He was averaging about 16.9 strike rate, so that's a wicket every 17 balls effectively before this innings. Now he's 15.7, so he's shaved a delivery and a half off that in the space of one bowling innings. 
In terms of anybody who's bowled more than once or twice, the only better ones are Corey Anderson's at 15.5, the New Zealand all-rounder who had a golden arm streak for a little while and, and managed to get some very flattering figures, although he wasn't the greatest bowler going around. And Gary Gilmore from, from the first edition mm. who took a couple of very cheap bags and, and swung the ball a long way, but only played in one World Cup. So Shami, in, in terms of being a, a bowler with you know, a, a career that, that spans more than bowling a couple of times or, or a, handful of, uh, a handful of matches in one World Cup or any sort of reasonable number of wickets, he's, he's it. He takes wickets faster than anybody has. And, and he, has to, he didn't play the first couple of games of this tournament. He has to play in every side. I mean, if, yeah. if Hardik Pandya comes back and they have a squeeze on the fast bowlers and they need to squeeze one out, probably Siraj is the one who's more vulnerable now and he bowled beautifully up top. But I think they just have to play these three together no matter what happens. Even if Hardik Pandya comes back, it doesn't matter. If you've got a trio of this quality who can use Indian conditions and particularly the evening conditions where they're getting a bit of extra from the pitch and it's doing something in the air, if, if they can do all of that between them, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how... Uh, it doesn't matter how, like, what, what happens with the batting order. It's all about those guys and the damage that they can do. Sorry, I was just heading off an invasion from a bunch of dudes who decided to run over and get in the shot, but then decided that, I don't know, I was bigger than they are or something. <laughs> Occupational hazard when shooting outside after games in India, Jeff, as we've learnt over the years. Yeah, well, look, yeah, Siraj was probably in the gun, but bowled the house down tonight. And, look, I remember when, uh, in 2018, doing videos with Harsha Bogle, and he was waxing lyrical about India's fast bowling stocks, and he was almost emotional about it. He's like, all the way through my childhood and all the way through watching India play as a journalist back to the 1980s, I've never been able to be, like, as proud of an Indian attack as I am now, this was his words, because of the fast bowling in England. And that generation of quicks, which includes others mm. like Umesh Yadav, of course, as well. It's not just this lot, too. Bhuvaneshwar yep. Kumar, another. Ishan but Sharma. this three, Ishant Sharma, of course, who, who's a big part of this story as well. In, in the kind of the second part of his career. But these three right now, very much at the peak of their powers. I don't think anyone really doubts the fact that Boomer is the best in the world. Shami, who, as you point out there, I can't fathom how he was out of the best 11, but I suppose that was a, a Chennai thing early in the tournament when they wanted the extra spin it was option. A batting, felt... It was a batting thing. It was that their tail's pretty long. Shami comes in at eight, and right. that could get him in trouble at some point. But with that strike power, you know, isn't it worth a risk worth taking? Yeah, and just on that, by the way, I mean, like... Uh, the the more games you win on the trot in a major tournament or in a league system, the more of a shoo-in you feel like. Once you reach that elimination stage, which India have, by the way, we've buried the lead a little bit in that they've now become the first team to formally qualify for the semi-finals in a couple of weeks. That's when the exponential pressure uh, rises or can rise on a side. Believe me, I'm a Hawthorne supporter. I had to sit through many preliminary finals that we were meant to win. We won uh, all but one of them. But they are always tense affairs no matter how mismatched the teams can be because when you're in a semi-final, when it's one game to go before reaching a final of any description, the yeah. pressure changes entirely. And I, I just want to throw one out here that it feels like with the way this competition is trending and net run rate and all the rest of it, that game on Saturday between New Zealand and Pakistan, if Pakistan beat New Zealand there, I reckon there's a pretty good chance Pakistan are going to finish fourth and play India in the first semi-final, which would be... Yep. 
would, which would be staggering. It'd be akin to when they played in the quarterfinal of the 1996 World Cup. Uh, a thrilling right. game of cricket, a tense game of cricket, Amir Sahail and uh, Ben Tash Prasad and, and all the rest of it. Uh, we, we would yeah. have uh, many highlights packages of that come up if those two sides, um, you know, whisper it, end up playing in the semi-final, which would be in Calcutta. Maybe you can see this in front of you. You can have a look at how much net run rate India's caught up on South Africa. Yeah, that's so, the interesting bit. If, if South Africa beat India at the moment, or before this game, the net run rate's well ahead, but India must have got a, a, an absolute adrenaline injection from this result. Yeah, so I, I don't have... I know that India's is up to 2.1, so the, 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 the shot that came up on the screen Very after close. play on television was wrong. It had India and Sri Lanka's yeah. net run rates before this game. Sri Lanka are now negative one... Uh, neg uh, negative point one two, and India are up to positive 2.1. So... Um, they've put a yeah. gap in them on, on that front. But yeah, you're right. If Sri Lanka, is rather, if South Africa go and beat India, I think they'll have to beat them handily because what India have done tonight has yeah. not only reached the semi, and look, they're going to they're gonna run the table in the group games, all things being equal. Of course, they, they have the Dutch in the final game. They can make up net run rate if they want to lock down first if South Africa do go on to beat them. But um, yeah, that, that other semi-final uh, spot mm. um, is interesting for other reasons on account of the fact that Australia are taking it aside against England in a couple of days, which is far from its strongest, but we might uh, come back to that towards yeah. the end of the show. So on net run rate, South Africa were well ahead of India. They're up at about 2.5, so they'll still be ahead at the moment. So if they win, they could still finish first. Um, anyway, permutations there about how that might pan out. Sri Lanka are out, I'm calling it formally and officially. You know, I, if Sri Lanka had lost narrowly today, I could still have done the mathematically possible thing and said, if they win their last two, <laughs> they get to eight points. If New Zealand or Australia don't get off eight points and they turn the net run rate around, they could do it. They can't turn the net run rate around now. There's too much. It would be impossible for them to do that in the space of two matches. So they're gone. Sri Lanka are eliminated formally in final word terms. No mathematical possibility for you. You're out of here. Um, and... I mean, it nearly worked. This is the thing, right? They, they choose to bowl. Matashanka, who mm. I have great admiration for, who's bowled terrifically well in this tournament, you know, left arm swinging it. He gets Rohit Sharma because he swings one into the pads, it gets clipped before first ball, and then he gets the variation, I think it was the natural variation, the one that angles across, but at serious pace, and Rohit Sharma tries to clip it, it doesn't swing knocks his off stump out of the ground. Second ball of the innings, you know, the roar, like that will be the anti-roar, the roar in the commentary box and the anti-roar outside it was amazing. And then they nearly get Coley and they nearly get mm. Gill. Three different catches fall about a foot short. There's the one at leg slip. There's one at a conventional slip. I think there's one to the keeper. There's the ball that comes through and it beats, it's, it's, uh, it's Gill, isn't it? It goes through the gate, hits his thigh and just deflects up over the stumps. But um, you know, and, and then there's a little inside edge and it hits the thigh and doesn't quite carry through and then two catches go down Asalanka drops Gill off the leading edge and then two balls later Chamira, who we haven't mentioned who bowled mm. so well his first couple of overs Dushmanta Chamira, who's come back into this squad as an injury replacement after initially missing through injury was sensational, the first two or three overs quick, on the money, couldn't score a run off him, he bowled 15 balls before they took a run from him today and there's a, it squeezes out a court and bowl chance from Coley and he dives across, he gets one hand to it, taps it up into his chest, it bounces off his sternum, he tries to get it as he's going to ground and it spills out. So if, if either of those chances have been held, maybe they have the opportunity to put the pressure on. They're not held and that lets Coley and Gill just start to build. 
nice and calm, then they start attacking a bit more, then they slow down through the middle, they cruise towards hundreds, neither of them quite get there. And again, it's Matashenko who, who bowls so well, he uses his changes of pace, his slower ball bouncer particularly, um, he, he gets one to stop in the wicket that Coley chips to cover, um, and he gets he gets Suri Kamiyad up towards the end of the innings with a quicker bouncer that takes a glove down the leg side on 12. Um, and he gets Kale Rahul, who's made 82, slogging across the line, top edge. So five for, it's five for 80. It's the most expensive five for in World Cup history. Um, but he deserves better than that because he, he bowled with a lot of heart in difficult conditions. A bit to take from that. So I think the bowling first was governed by the fact that India chased so clinically in their first five games. So they're yeah. kind of doing what you don't want your opponent to do thing. But what is it, 38 degrees or something in the afternoon heat? Takes them four hours to bowl their overs. Yeah, Cam and I were talking the other day about it being the tournament of weird shit happening in the first over with left arm quicks. We've had uh, Bolt and, uh, and, and Stark being part of that conversation. Matashanko took a wicket in his first over against Afghanistan a couple of days ago. Shaheen. Took a wicket. Shaheen, of course, as well. We missed out on him in that. For whatever reason, uh, when uh, bowling first in first over of innings, it's been a story of left armers through the tournament, be it with failed reviews or taking wickets. And that ball to row it was better than even how you've described it. To have the first ball swing as prodigiously as it did and be tucked away for four, he's getting more swing in the power play than any bowler in the tournament other than Mitchell Stark, right? 1.6 degrees on average. That is your main weapon. He's taken so many wicket tripping stumps out through the comp, bringing it back towards right-handers. He still yet has the presence of mind to run his fingers down the seam, a change-up. That's a proper off-cutter, second ball. And again, again, I suppose it's doing what your opponent expects to do least or expects you to do least, and that's what does Rohit Sharma in. And the maiden that Chimera yep. bowled to Coley before the over where he had the court and bowl charts, that was a screaming over up in the mid-140s, an inside edge that clipped the thigh pad on the way through, otherwise probably would have had Coley caught behind in single digits. So, you know, they did have their chance. The, 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 the Wonka day was, was silenced, but for a moment when Rowett made his way off the ground, but as you point out, if you don't, I mean, it's that old thing in, um, you know, if you, if you get your shot at the king and you miss, you know, all the rest of it, because once mm. Coley and, uh, and Gill got into stride and they bring up half centuries, I think in the 17th and 19th over respectively, Gill doing so with one of those hockey shots down the ground with that bottom hand whip that he does so well, Coley playing at the tempo that he always plays at, um, disappointed for them all that they didn't make hundreds, but that's the highest score uh, in the history of one day cricket where there hasn't been a century. So one for you there, Jeff, 92 for Shubman, nice. 88 for Coley and, and 82 for Shreyas Iyer, respectively. So they laid the foundation. Look, it's probably one of those days when they could have made 400 based on scoring rates uh, at, at Mumbai so far in the tournament, what's been happening in the back 10. But Shreyas might have waited. I mean, it sounds ridiculous to say this. A bloke who hit six sixes and made 82 from 56. He might have waited two overs too many, possibly, to pull the trigger yep. um, with 100 in sight. So, I mean, obviously, 357 is more than enough. Anything above 350 is going to be daunting when you've got a bowling attack like India's. But I reckon they'll get to 400 at some point in this tournament. I'd be worried if I were the Netherlands that having um, shelled out 399 to Australia, that India have the armoury to go uh, one better. Just to zoom out on Sri Lanka quickly before we uh, wrap up this segment. Um, They were the side who only a week ago beat England. Now, I don't want to get into another England conversation, but Sri Lanka in their first couple of games lost them both but scored and made over 300. They nearly beat Pakistan in a high-scoring game and they nearly chased 400 or thereabouts against South Africa. Or maybe not nearly, but they they still posted a very competitive tally. They made 320 batting second, which right. was no yeah. small thing. Three, 320 batting second. So the net run rate was always in pretty decent nick. And when they beat England, I think we both said they could be the side outside of the four who could leapfrog in. But within a week, 
losses yeah. to Afghanistan and being destroyed by India, that gives a truer indication of where Sri Lanka are really at and they are rightly now out of the tournament. They had their shot and, and they've missed big time. You come for the king, you best not miss. Oh my little, is what you were looking for there. That's it. Um, <laughs> Look, they're, they're gone, they're gone, and they deserve to be gone. They've had a, a mm. shit-ass tournament, um, aside from that brief flicker, and they played so well against England, so it is unfortunate um, just just how much it subsided today. It'll be embarrassing for them. They'll be hurting. Someone like Angelo Matthews, who's worked so hard to get back into the team and then looks around and you're four for nothing, and you're going, well, fucking hell, guys. Like, what are you... What are you leaving me to work with here? You know, yeah, he made 12 and then, like you say, gets another screamer from Shami that's fully pitched and then decks off, mm. off, the, off the seam, takes the stumps. So, look, there, there are a couple of things I'll come back to in the Hall of Fame. Maybe it's time we get there now. That's a good shout, Jeff. It is time for the final word Hall of Fame which is brought to you by Westfield London and Westfield Stratford City. More extra, less ordinary, Jeff. Today, let's talk about the horizon of Khufu. First time we've dealt with this. Let me go through it. Long before Marmadula played his first World Cup match, long before Sunil Gavaskar decided 335 was too many to chase in 60 overs, and long before CB Fry was backflipping onto a mantelpiece, Pharaoh Khufu ruled ancient Egypt, or as he called it, Egypt. <laughs> Sheehan's doing well on the coffee in this tournament uh, Horizon this of Khufu uh, uh, He's been listening to the final word long enough That he knows how we talk to each other Horizon of Khufu sure. allows you to step back in time To the age of pyramids Through a virtual reality experience So immersive that the what? British Museum Tried to put it on display Watch the sunrise, <laughs> shout out Ra Before embarking on a journey of discovery Designed in partnership with the proper geezers From Harvard University's Giza project <laughs> book your tickets before the end of november for this amazing immersive experience and save 33 percent off the journey of denial <laughs> google horizon of khufu for more information horizon of khufu is exclusive to westfield stratford city more extra less ordinary i'm looking for stuff to do with winnie when i'm not on the podcast you're on with matt roller tomorrow so later in yep. the comp uh, I'll be looking to do exactly this. Horizon of Khufu, my three-year-old's going to bloody love it. I'd love it if she were 33 as well. This, this is magnificent. This is the best thing that we've ever advertised, bar none. And I am, I am proud to, to advertise this <laughs> fake Egypt exhibition at Westfield. Is it at London or Stratford City? Stratford City. So get, get, out, get out to Stratford, okay. get on the central line, get on the overground cool. or on the Piccadilly, not Piccadilly, the uh, Jubilee yep. line, and you can be out there in a jiffy. Okay, um, Hall of Fame, I'm going to have uh, Jadeja for running himself out on the last ball of the innings. Love that, little fist pump to the heart there. That's how you're supposed to do it. Clip it out to the deep. Yeah, he had 45. He could have settled for 45, not boost the average. Said, no, let's take him on and try to get the second. We might need that run somewhere. Love that. Mohamed Shami's seam position. I know we've just mm. waxed lyrical about him for 10 minutes, but the, the perfection of the bolt uprightness mm. of the seam position, when everyone else is bowling their cutters and their quarter seam and their wobble seam and all the other trendy shit, Mohamed Shami is coming out with the Stone Cold Classics, the bangers, the original and the best. He says, bolt upright seam, so upright that in a moving image, I said this on, when we were on comms, it, it looks like, it looks like you're seeing a photograph of the ball. <laughs> like it looks like a still, but the ball is traveling down the pitch and then it hits and then chaos ensues after mm. it makes contact. Beautiful. Chef's kiss. Love it. Uh, big Sachin day, Jeff. He's back. He was there at Umderbad on opening day. Uh, today they revealed his sculpture statue, which, as Lawrence mm -hmm. Booth from Wisdom Cricketer's Almanac pointed out, looks a dead spit for Stephen Smith, not Sachin. So I'm not sure how they've gone there. It kind of. Well, who, was, who did they completely botch the sculpture of 
uh, oh, um, Cristiano Ronaldo. I'm not saying it's uh, yeah. to the same extent as that, but it it genuinely the, the Ricky looks like Steve Smith. One's not very good. Oh, I like down, the forearms. Bell Reeve. I like the forearms yeah. with the punter one. I've I've always been a fan of the yeah, way they, the they set that it, one up. The rest of it doesn't look anything like him. They've got between the elbow and the wrist, it's a good likeness, but otherwise. But whoever did this one, it's more of a sort of Ozymandias style or like a Colossus of Rhodes, big bronze kind of buffed out thing. But he's playing a kind of ugly heave over mid on. Weight's terrible. Balances back, like he's been caught on the crease. It looks like it, it's it's not good. It's not his. It's not what you would want to see from the elegant perfection that could be SRT. The next time they do a sculpture, they should um, get the services of the guys that made the ones at Sydney and Adelaide, where they they made them with such care. Anyway, another day for that. Um, the uh, Matashanka five for eighty. We were talking on Story Time, yeah. but a fortnight ago about the most expensive fifer in one-day cricket. Five for 85, Adil Rashid against the West Indies in 2019. So Matashanka comes within five runs of that. And I can tell you that on story time this week, as in the one that's dropping tomorrow, our history program, there's another five for 85 that comes up. Another set of bowling figures, but we do it um, in a test match. Bharat Sundaraisen's, Mumbai's own, Bharat Sundaraisen is with us for that. Um, And I mentioned before... um, the Indian players who, who reached 80 or 90 but didn't go on to make 100. That is classic jug avoidance where um, if mm-hmm. they made the century, they'd have to buy all their teammates a jug, but um, they haven't, so they um, they get fined for, for jug avoidance. And I've got one more as well, which was the... So they did a sort of UNICEF fundraising bit um, yep. with where Tendulkar came out on the ground with Murali and they hit a button that was supposed to light up these wristbands yes. that everybody was wearing, like at a Taylor Swift concert or, or something. And everybody did have them. They were handed out and it did work. They did turn on. But they left all the fucking floodlights on. You couldn't see it. They, was, it was, they said, we're going to turn the ground blue. And they turned them on and, and it was invisible unless you were about five metres away. So the people just below our window, we could see their blue ones. But across the ground, couldn't see a thing. Um, classic success. Really nailed that one, guys. Well done. Mm, another chef's kiss. Uh, to come on uh, day 30, which is tomorrow, it is the Netherlands and Afghanistan. That's a really important game for Afghanistan with Sri Lanka shitting the bed. It's Pakistan and Afghanistan who are the two sides who, you know, if you squint at it with a fair breeze, but more to the point, Afghanistan need to thump the Netherlands and get some of that precious, sweet, sweet net run rate. India's next game's on Sunday at Eden Gardens. How good's that going to be? Against South Africa, first versus second. They've got the Dutch to finish. Sri Lanka, for what it's worth, play Bangladesh on Monday and New Zealand uh, to finish. And on Saturday, it's the other huge game we've already referenced in this episode. New Zealand playing Pakistan, the early game. Then Australia playing England, and Australia won't have either Glenn Maxwell or Mitch Marsh. So um, a fair bit going on inside the Australian camp after winning last Saturday. Jeff? That's it. Um, I'll be at the England-Australia game, so heading up to Ahmedabad tomorrow. Um, so I'll be able to report in from that one live as well. Uh, and Matt Roller's doing that one with me as well because you'll do the early game, I'll do the late. That's right, I'm doing that one from my pub on Saturday morning. Looking forward to it. Okay, this has been uh, the luck. final word uh, The final word daily, uh, the World Cup daily. Day 29 of the 2023 World Cup or thereabouts for Westfield London and Westfield Stratford City. More extra, less ordinary India pants, Sri Lanka. Catch you tomorrow. Bye. Sorry if I ran out to empty, wrote this so you know what I meant here. I had to go.